1: Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SV Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. This is my first show since returning from the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis, and of course, uh, with what we saw uh, with workouts during the combine and heard during the uh, the media sessions earlier in the week. There is plenty to talk about, and here to help me break that all down is Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan, who was also in Indianapolis for a few days last week. Em, how you
2: doing? I'm doing fine, Ed, as always. I appreciate you having me on. Hey,
1: no, thank you for uh, for spending the time, and I know you've, uh, we were talking off air, I know you've, you've jumped right back into the grind of uh, of grading prospects.
2: Yeah, I've done Every position except corners and safety. So I should be done with those two positions by Friday, which would mean I would be at probably close to 750 prospects, which will be amazing. And then that way I can produce the draft guy, which will come out on March 9th. Uh, So that way guys could have my scouting reports um, for every player, not just numbers and rankings, but my strengths, areas of improvements. Uh, you know, player comparisons, games that I watch, attributes that I that I assign to them um, for all 750 plus players that I've graded. M,
1: you're, you're you're crazy. You're I don't know, but that's that's going to be valuable work to uh, to to get your hands on. So we'll be looking forward to that, folks. And uh, M, I give you I give you all the credit in the world for for digging in and 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 grading that many players all on your own.
2: Well, it's always beneficial, man, because like we see every time at training camp and during the preseason, folks are saying, well, who's this guy that's making these plays that's going to make this team? And I always have a scouting report on that guy. You know, I've either seen that guy play live or broadcasted a game of his or watched him and graded him and, and, uh, you know, wrote him up in my uh, scouting notes. So it's always – I thought this year would be the perfect year to pull back the curtain a little bit and give this – you know, information to the fans. So that way they can have a better, more informed preseason uh, training camp and just help them out throughout the rest of the year. And they can pre-order that draft guide at footballgameplan.com slash 2020 draft guide.
1: All right. Well, we'll be looking forward to that, and we'll be looking forward to getting a copy of that for, uh, for Big Blue View. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, it'll be – as as good or or better than than just about anything you can get a hold of out there. I mean the great thing about your work is that for for me anyway is that it's always your work. You always manage to come up with your own opinions. It's not groupthink. It's what you think. It's not, you know, what anybody else thinks. A- and that's what I always like and appreciate about your work. Appreciate you, Ed man. Always. So so let's talk a little bit about the New York Giants and about the combine, you know, just some general impressions. I know you were there a lot of the mornings that I was there talking to players and and, and you know listening to guys and I know you you spent a lot of time over the weekend, you know, watching workouts, paying attention to numbers. When you think about the New York Giants at 7 and you think about the various needs, and everybody says, you know, offensive line, offensive line, do you think at all that anything that happened this weekend, and maybe it's a generic question, did did anything that happened with guys this weekend change the perspective maybe of the players the Giants could be choosing from?
2: You know, not really. I just think that it puts them in a, a unique situation where they can that free agency is going to have a significant impact on where they go with that pick because you look at where they're picking right now, they're picking fourth, I believe. Correct. So right. yes, you, you look at how they're picking and we, it's funny cause we, me, you and uh Patty had this discussion. Uh Patricia trainer had this discussion, the last home game. And I was like, at that time I was like, you know, I, I, you know at the time the talk was about Giants taking old linemen I was like you know I can't take a lineman at high uh, I would take Isaiah Simmons at four and after now grading these offensive linemen I got three tackles that have 90 grades so that's to in my grading scale that's guys that I think that are pro bowl level right now that have all pro potential but when you look at Isaiah Simmons it's like man He's a legit game breaker. Outside of Chase Young, he's probably one of the only two legit front seven game breakers in this draft. And because of the depth of class that we see right now with the offensive line, and as well as the, you know the offensive tackles more in particular, I still would be hard pressed to pass on Simmons because you know defensive game breakers are rare in this draft. Jeffrey Okuda is another one that even though I haven't graded. Corners and safeties yet, I still think he's going to be an elite talent when it's all said and done. But you talk about point of attack, Chase Young, Isaiah Simmons, Giants, if they can come away with either one of those guys, depending on what goes on ahead of them, that's a win for them. You
1: know, it's funny that that you went right to Simmons. I know he absolutely lit the combine up on Saturday during his workout. He was incredibly impressive when he spoke to the media earlier in the week. I love the fact that when Tom Rock of Newsday, said the question that tom posed to to isaiah was you know isaiah you're wearing a sweatshirt that has lb on it which was the you know the players were all identified the by the positions that they you know that they were working out with so he worked out with the linebackers and he said do you consider yourself a linebacker what you know do you consider yourself a safety what do you consider yourself and he said i play defense I'm a positionless player. I play defense. Period. Yeah, and and that was I, I thought that was that was an awesome answer. And the thing about Simmons, the workout, everybody has kind of assumed to this point, I think, that if the Detroit Lions stay at three, there's been this assumption that they would take Jeffrey Okuda. And now all of a sudden I'm starting to see talk that Simmons won't get past. The, the Lions at three. Can you see can you see Detroit actually taking Simmons at three?
2: Absolutely. I, I could see that being a possibility because Detroit also needs defense tackle. So you could see Derek Brown being a possibility to go there. Or, you know, maybe they surprised some people like they did last year and took a tight end in the top 10 and take uh, Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. Although that would be a little bit too rich for me. Um, but I could see them pull the trigger if they like the athletic traits and the versatility that he provides. So I think they would probably address maybe, um, you know, either one of these offensive linemen or, you know, a defensive tackle and then Isaiah, a corner, and then Isaiah Simmons. So it's definitely in the poss- in the discussion because he's such an elite talent. And right now, they I know they drafted – Jelani Tavai last year in the second round out of Hawaii, who is a really good player, pr- can play all three spots. Uh, Gerard Davis is a solid linebacker. Kennard is probably their best linebacker, pound for pound. Um, and adding Simmons would add a, a versatile move piece. It would actually give uh, Matt Patricia his version of Kyle Van you know, a guy that can play multiple spots, play all three linebacker spots, can put his hand in the, in the dirt and rush and be a good pass rusher as well. And drop in coverage, so you don't really have to take him off the field. So definitely in play, but it just makes that fourth pick for the Giants so valuable because of all the options that are at their uh, disposal.
1: Well, here's the other thing about that fourth pick. You know, I I guess I'm kind of a glutton for punishment because every Sunday I do these multiple round mock drafts using I generally I use that the FanSpeak mock draft simulator sometimes i'll run a uh, a free agency scenario first and of course every week twitter tells me how wrong i am <laughs> but but you know that's that's beside the point because my my thing that i'm trying to accomplish is, is leading up to the draft just to just to uh to to bring some scenarios into play and what i keep coming back to is especially with the quarterbacks that are going to come off the board here, two of them, maybe three of them in the top 10. I keep coming back to this idea that it's with so many players. I mean, I can see 10, maybe 12 guys that you'd be happy with, you know, that you can really be happy with and really feel like you got a good player in the top of this first round. So, you know, Dave Gettleman says the Giants are open for business. And he's never traded down. But I keep coming back to this idea that that he could trade down four spots, five spots, maybe even all the way down to 12 if he can get the Raiders to give to give up their second first round pick and still come up with a really good player.
2: Absolutely. And for full disclosure, just to... Echo how good of a let's say Giants looking at offensive linemen. I even though I wouldn't oppose them taking a lineman at four, but if you can trade down and still get a starting lineman, in my opinion. But you look at the grades, like how I grade, you know, is on a 10 point scale. So anything that's 80 or above, I see as first round talent, right? So this year at the offensive tackle position, I got 10 players with eighty grades or higher, three with ninety. Um I have five or six guards with eighty grades uh you know in and above and three centers with eighty grades. So yeah, you if you're planning to move down to try to take a lineman, you're gonna be in good shape. But if you're trying to play the board and try to move down to take Isaiah Simmons, I don't think he leaves the top five. So it all depends on which direction they want to go to take you know if they want the line the the versatile defensive player in Simmons they have to stay put if they want alignment then yeah they they have a bevy of options of players that they can choose and also a bevy of options as far as draft capital that they can accumulate by moving down
1: sure and the other one I wanted to ask you about and, and you might have mentioned them a little bit but I I've, I've seen some speculation that the target for the Giants might actually be Derek Brown the defensive tackle out of Auburn and I know that that most of the of the analysts that I've seen say that he's worthy of that pick at number 4 I'm not sure how you have him graded but considering that the Giants drafted you know Dexter Lawrence a year ago they're in that situation where they're probably, you know, they're probably I think going to have to keep Leonard
2: Williams.
1: Does it make any sense for the Giants to draft Derrick Brown?
2: It doesn't. It doesn't, you know, and I and I understand why some people would say take Derrick Brown cuz yeah, he is my number one defensive tackle. He has an 82 grade. Um but you look at you know, where are you going to play him? Um are you going to play him over Leonard Williams who you traded draft capital Four and looking to hope to resign um, you're going to move him to nose are you going to move Delvin Tomlinson and stick uh, you know Brown there and have him play kind of like a quick nose tackle which is fine uh, some teams do it uh, you know um, or what does that say for BJ Hill who plays well when he's out there on the field so it's, there's you know it's different and, and, and it was good because Brown talked about this at the combine that he don't he didn't play just he played all across the board at Auburn, and so he sees himself as a defensive lineman, not just a defensive tackle. And, yeah, so I can understand that, but then that would be like, man, then why would you have traded for Leonard Williams? So I think that right there is probably more smokescreen than anything.
1: Could well be, could well be. I think, uh, you know, what what happens with Leonard Williams and, and for me what happens with uh, with free agency In terms of of the offensive line, I mean, I've been a big proponent of the Giants going after Jack Conklin in free agency, even with all of the offensive tackles who are available, simply because it sets them up where they could go after, you know, and Isaiah Simmons or or whatever else they wanted to do, even taking that another offensive tackle if they chose, if if they wanted to go in that direction. But the one that does... I'm with you a little bit. The one that doesn't seem to make sense to me, the way they're set up, is is Brown simply because it feels redundant to what they have.
2: Yeah, it feels redundant. And again, he's a really good player, and he could help out. But then it's it's just adding. That's like if the Giants drafted Jonathan Taylor at four. Like, yeah, he's a great player. It could help out. But you got Saquon Barkley right. It doesn't make sense. Um. So I I don't think I think that one is probably trying to drum up interest in someone to get someone to reveal their hand to see, you know, who's who really wants Brown. All right. M. let's take
1: a quick break here for a word from our sponsors. Then we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about guys deeper in the draft. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the on field performances maybe that surprised you a little bit. And, uh, you know, a few of the other uh, other combine-related topics. Uh, and, and maybe we'll even get into uh, a little bit of indie social life. All right, Giants fans, Ed Valentine, back here at, on Big Blue View Radio talking with Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan. Em wanted to get into, uh, you know, some of the on-field combine performances. You know, Giants will be looking for help. At a lot of positions, they'll be looking for help at wide receiver. They'll probably be looking for help at tight end. I mean, we we heard the other day that Red Ellison might be retiring. The Giants, uh, I think, would probably consider releasing him anyway, even if he doesn't retire. Heard that that Evan Ingram is still in a walking boot and may not practice at all with, with the team until training camp. They could be looking for help, as we've said, along the the, the offensive line, at uh, yeah. at linebacker. They could be looking for help just about anywhere. So I guess what I want to ask you, as as we as you look back at at the combine, give me some guys you think, you know, day two, day three guys who really helped themselves with with their performances at the combine. You know guys who might uh who might you know pike the giants interest a little bit
2: full disclosure the combine doesn't mean a hill of beans to me uh because it, you don't want to focus solely on how guys do not playing football, but to answer your question, I think a lot of attention will be going toward guys who play well on tape and should be around in day two you're looking at. Isaiah, uh, not Isaiah Simmons is a linebacker, but if you don't get him, man, I would be hard-pressed to not take a guy like Akeem Davis-Gaither out of Appalachian State. This dude just epitomizes the word dog. Um, and as you know, I'm a, I'm a raging Cajun, and watching that game against App State twice, the regular season matchup and the championship game, this dude is legit game-plan record. Like, there was nothing my Cajuns could do offensively that this dude didn't blow up. And I'm talking about from a run game perspective to a pass coverage perspective. He can blitz. He, he's aggressive, but he's controlled with that aggressiveness. So he's a, a tremendous player that's going to be in this. He's going to be a second round pick. Um, he could flirt with first round with a first round um, selection. But I think with the run on offensive lineman that we're going to see in the first round, he'll be more slated toward round two and would be a great pick. Um, Jabari Zuniga out of Florida is, is another defensive lineman I thought uh, acclimated himself well with the interviews and, and, you know, talk ball really well. So he has a football IQ that you want. He's another one that probably could get pushed up in round one, but is more likely a second round pick Um, Joe Gaziano out of Northwestern. um, Real good defensive lineman, depth guy. Uh, I graded him out as a five tech, but I think he can do really well and going, you know, being a little bit biased here, but two Raging Cajuns that'll be available in rounds three. Uh, You're talking about Robert Hunt, the right tackle who should be healthy by the time his pro day is later this month. Um, And also Raymond Colley. The Giants need an RB too. They do need someone to upgrade that position. And Cali provides them with an explosive threat, also helps out in a return game, which is another area of need for the Giants. So he could be your sixth or seventh round pick, something like that, but he has blazing speed and has the ability to catch the football. He can also line up as a slot, uh, so he gives you some flexibility, and he was a tremendous game-breaker at Louisiana and also had a really strong week at the NFLPA game where he returned two punts for touchdowns.
1: If we're looking at uh, the wide receiver class, and I know, I, know I know how deep this class is, if I said, okay, you look at the Giants and they've got They've got Golden Tate. They've got Sterling Shepard. You have you still have Evan Ingram who is really he, he's a tight end, you know, but he's really probably a big slot receiver. So they've got a lot of those kinds of guys. You know, give me a couple of your favorite day two, you know, maybe even into the fourth or fifth round maybe a couple of the bigger guys a couple of the guys that could really play outside and, and be uh, and, and be impact players that could help uh, that could help the Giants offense
2: uh, man it's a it's a great class you're absolutely right man I'm looking at a couple of split ends that I have great and I grade these guys from flankers slots split ends bigger inside receivers and you're right the Giants have a bevy of similar types of receivers flankers and, and slot guys. Uh, But so let's look at split ends and, you know, if they want to go round two or, you know, round four, I'm a big fan of Isaiah Coulter out of Rhode Island, who was, who compares his game to A.J. Green. I could definitely see that comparison. He's explosive. He's athletic. um, He's aggressive in the right ways at that position. So is Denzel Mims out of Baylor, who tested well, but plays just as aggressive as, as you want your receivers to play. I was at the Senior Bowl, and I tweeted out like, "Man, Mims plays like, you know, he's not as explosive or fast, but obviously he tested well. But he just didn't play that way as Des Bryant. But he plays the same game as a Des Bryant. You know, he's like a bona fide X receiver."
1: Well, you, ma- um, you mentioned Mims, and 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 the thing that what I've what I've watched from Mims is this is a
2: wide receiver who actually likes to hit people. Oh, absolutely. He, he takes every part of the position personally. Uh, he blocks well in the run game. Um, he doesn't mind going over the middle of the field. He plays the contested catch really well. Um, so, yeah, he, he plays a, a big dogs game, and that's what you want to see. Colin Johnson out of Texas. For a guy that's 6'5", 221, I mean, he really gets in and out of his breaks really well for such a taller guy, and that's so hard for those guys to do. Uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden out of Liberty. Plays a lot like Cortland Sutton out there in Denver. Uh, another big guy that that can run good routes, sinks his hips real well. So there's some options for the Giants in rounds uh, four, three or four. You know, if they want to take a, re- a big receiver there, because again, they got a bunch of guys that are very similar. If they want, you know, maybe a slot guy to to go along with you know Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton, who's more like a flanker. If they want a slot guy, there's there's those guys as well. Um, K.J. Hamler would be another speedster, a guy that tracks the ball really well. Justin Jefferson is a bigger slot guy. You know, he's 6'3", 190, and runs really good routes. So even if you want to take a flyer on the 7th round, Malcolm Perry out of Navy, not only can he – he's making a transition to slot receiver from option quarterback, but now you add that element of him handling the football, you know, and giving that element of, okay, is it going to be an option? Is it going to be a zone read? Is he gonna run routes? Is he gonna, you know, throw the football so you get that player, you get your your version of Taysom Hill on your roster that you can grab in round seven.
1: Yeah, I kinda love that idea, the Malcolm Perry, the Malcolm Perry idea. Just uh just to see what you could do with with an athlete like that and uh you know, and add that that sort of element. So that that's an intriguing one for me. But you know, so so we'll see we'll see if that comes to pass. I, I think
2: that would be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. He's a really good player, man. And, um, you know, the day one at the Shrine game, he looked like he was playing slot receiver, you know, his entire life. And, you know, he went through his bumps and bruises throughout the week as far as, like, getting acclimated to the position. But in the game, they motioned him in the backfield and had him run the the option. And naturally, everyone focused on the pitch. He just outran everyone for, like, a 60-something-yard touchdown. And so those type of things, you put yourself in play now because you have a guy that's so elusive and dangerous and explosive with the ball in his hands.
1: Interesting. Hey, you know, as I was talking a little bit earlier about how I run all these different scenarios and, and in one way, the giants could do this as they go through the off season is they could look to upgrade, say right tackle in free agency. And I've talked a little bit about Jack Conklin and I'm really not sure that, that, You know, beyond Conklin, there's much in terms of depth, at least, you know, guys that you'd want to give big money to. But if, you know, if they were to sign Jack Conklin and sort of push the idea of of drafting a left tackle, you know, down into day two, they do have Nate Solder for another year. Maybe they can get Isaiah Simmons. You know, maybe they, they do. Maybe they drop back a little bit. And do something off the off the wall, like pick c d lamb or something late in the you know with with the eighth or ninth pick, something like that, which I think would probably drive Giants fans insane, you know to see them take a wide receiver. but my long winded point is this: if they were to push the idea of drafting a prospective left tackle of the future into day two, I think it's something that they have to do at some point. Just give me a couple of the of the guys you think, you know, that are day two guys who can, you know, maybe two three years down the road turn into really good NFL left tackles.
2: Well, and and this was crazy is that you get guys that may be pushed up because of a run on tackle. So guys may take, you know, normally day two guys in round one. But one name to keep an eye on that I really like is Matt Parrott out of UConn. Um, I graded him. He was, I have 10 offensive tackles that have 80 grades. So the top 10 is all eighties and nineties, right? And that number 11 is Matt Parrott, uh, you know, who has a 78.5, really good, technically sound offensive tackle. He was the rose that grew from concrete when you're watching UConn because UConn football is tough to watch. They are terrible, but Parrott played extremely well. He was consistent. He manhandles guys at the point of attack. He's good on both ends of offense, run game and pass game. His feet always square. His hands stay inside consistently. He's a good athlete. He runs well with guys. He's able to run your outside zones really well, reach blocking, all those things you want. Um, And he has that upside, you know, that can play right tackle. Or if you want a left tackle with some upside, I'm a big fan of Terrence Steele out of Texas Tech, who you can get in rounds two or three. Another one when you watch on film, and I brought this up when I talked to him at the Combine, I brought up the Baylor game, and he was like, yeah, that was my, that was my best game. I felt like that I played really well in that game, because he, he was going to, up against a very good defensive end on Baylor's side, who was in this draft class as well. His name slips me, uh, but he had a really good game that game. I think people don't give these old linemen from Texas Tech credit, considering how often they pass football, but he's another one that, that showed really good technique, and the aggressiveness to be dominant on both ends and he played uh he could play left or right tackle so you get guys that are talented athletic that can also develop that you can get in rounds two or three
1: you know i don't know what you what you think of 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 going about it that way if you were the giants but i kind of uh, i i wonder if that's what they might really do here is try to solidify right tackle this year with with Solder, you know still having another year on his contract and look for someone, you know, as a day two guy, you know, who who they could develop for a year behind Solder. I, I just, you know, I, I'm just kind of, kind of, you know, shooting shooting in the dark on that one, but, but I think that might be, you know, the, the way
2: that, uh, that might be the way that they go. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, don't forget about Nick Gates. Gates is a guy that played well for the Giants, and he could be, their future inside, maybe as a guard or as a center, um, and don't rule out them drafting a center. Tyler Beardes out of Wisconsin is my top center, and they get him in the second round, and now they have solidified their interior offensive line. Gates could continue to grow and develop as a right tackle. Um, so there's options for the Giants. I think this is a year where they do have a lot of good options at their disposal, whether that's you're talking about you know on offense or on defense.
1: You, know, you mentioned center and and I do have to ask you about one player in particular and that's Matt Hennessy the kid from Temple obviously he's a he's a jersey kid I think he played at Don Bosco his brother I think is long snapper for the the New York Jets so it just seems like if you're looking for a mid-round center he seems like a guy that would that would be sort of a nice story I don't know if he's the right player but he seems like an obvious guy to at least talk about. So tell just tell me what you think of him.
2: I like his game. I, I think, you know, playing at Temple, He uh, obviously he, he's predicated on a run game. Uh, he has those injury issues that you kind of worry about. You, you If you're the Giants, you're kind of dealing with that now uh, with John uh, Jalapio, uh, Jalapio and, you know, you're like, all right, well, do we want to have a younger version of that? Now hopefully he's healthy and, and he'll he won't have those same issues that uh you know that have plagued you know John this so far in his career. Um but yeah, he's an he's a he's a nice story. If you're looking for a center, um I think uh Tristan Colon Castillo out of Missouri is a is another one to keep an eye on. Uh, Cesar Caesar Ruiz out of Michigan may be one that probably will go earlier than expected, but he's a very good center. He's a big he's what – uh, Dave Gettleman would love because he's a quote-unquote hog molly he's built like one um so th- there are some really good centers in this in this class too when you mention
1: Ruiz my guess
2: is probably no way he lasts to 36 right because you look at him you look at uh Hanson out of Oregon uh as we already talked about Myoga out of Washington State if I'm pronouncing his name correctly uh, uh correctly uh those are my top four, you know, with Caesar being four. Um, so again, strong class of centers, man. It's it's this is an impressive class of offensive linemen, guards and centers, quite honestly. Sounds like uh sounds like Dave Gettleman's cup of tea, yeah. Oh, he's gonna have a field day going through that that he's probably at the facility right now just pouring through all of this excellent offensive line film. He you know, might take seven offensive linemen in this draft. <laughs>
1: excuse me you know it makes me think of something that Gettleman said a couple of years ago he said he likes to watch film until it makes his eyes bleed and and you know somehow
2: that's just a picture that I didn't really want <laughs> sitting in the dark room with the the white light blasting in his face with his eyes <laughs> bleeding yeah hey and before i let you go a couple of uh, couple of of
1: more sort of lighthearted questions i did want to ask you you know, the, they changed the combine this year. They changed it quite a bit. They changed a lot of the scheduling with, the, you know, with the prime time workouts, with some different drills, you know, with the media access in the morning. Did you like the way they, they, they set it up this year? Did you like the changes?
2: Yeah, I, I actually liked it because I'm an early person by nature, so I didn't mind getting up early and getting to, you know, to the – to the convention center and, and interviewing all these guys and being done by like 1130. And that way you can, you know, recalibrate, figure out what you want to do uh, as far as content producing. Um, you can even go in and eat lunch leisurely and go take a nap, which I did a couple of days, took a nice three hour nap and got ready for, for dinner in the in the nightlife of Indy. Uh, so I actually liked it. What I didn't like was um, I, I still wish we were are able to go to, Watched the the workouts live. Um, I I was able to go to the first throwing session. Uh, The media was able to go to the first throwing session. I was there uh, for the first group with the Hertz and Herberts and those guys. Um, But then they tell you when you get in there, it's like, hey, no pictures, no video, no live tweeting. You just sit and watch. I'm like, all right, well, I won't be doing this next year. Like, you're just sitting there so I could watch this on TV. So, Um, that's the only thing I don't like how you don't have media access to the actual workouts, but everything else I had no problems with.
1: Yeah. I I don't understand the the lockdown, you know, on, on watching the workouts and, and, and reacting to the workouts. But, uh, but, you know, I do have to ask you, you mentioned indie nightlife and you mentioned, you know taking that afternoon nap and i'll i'll be honest with folks i took advantage of the indie schedule to take a couple of those afternoon naps myself but uh you and i and uh and and Teron davenport of e s p n and and one of your cohorts whose name escapes me chris i can't remember chris james right a a football game plan we uh we took advantage of of the nightlife and and went to uh the famous saint elmo's steakhouse where you know i spent more money on dinner than, than i've ever spent in my entire life to be honest with you but <laughs> uh y- you mentioned being a morning person em, and and when i left you guys were uh, were were hopping into the bar next door so i got to ask you you know wh- how easy
2: it was to get up the next morning <laughs> you know what <laughs> it was easy to get up because pride gets you up, you're like, all right, I'm I'm up, let's go. And we didn't get back to the room until three in the morning. And so I hopped up at like six, showered, got dressed, got over to to the uh, to Indy. But I will tell you this that was probably the best three hour nap I got once that, that day of uh interviews were done. <laughs> I was right back to the uh, hotel knocked out. Um, <laughs> there so, you go. But it, but it was fun though, man. I will tell you this: like we, St. Elmo's was, we we went there for you, Ed, because you hadn't been, Chris hadn't been, um, and you know we wanted everybody to, to try the St. Elmo's. But I will say this: Prime 47, the steak we had on Thursday evening was the best steak. It's up there with Ruth Chris. That's how excellent Prime 47 is. So next year we won't go. We won't even enter. We'll probably do appetizers at. St. Elmo's, like the shrimp cocktail that everybody talks about, and then we'll go and do dinner, the actual steak, at Prime 47.
1: There you go. There you go. So, yeah, but you know what they're going to do next year, M? They'll probably move the combine to Vegas or L.A. or something. You know, the, the, just, just, just
2: when we're starting to figure this out, they'll probably move it on us. Which would be so dumb because you – and listen, I'm a major city guy. So if it's a major city, I'm all for it. But I actually like Indianapolis. I felt as though when you go to Indy, you could walk everywhere. You, it's conveniently located. Um, you're able to get in and out pretty easily as far as flights is concerned. Quick two-hour flight, hour, actually an hour and 30-minute flight, um, both leaving and arriving. And it, and it, it kind of gets you to take a chill pill a little bit. Like You get to relax a little bit. Because as much as I love major cities, it kind of, you kind of have to be on all day when you're in a major city, like. But at Indy, you can really turn it off and just really focus on work. So I would hate if they move this thing to L.A. or Vegas.
1: I'm with you there. I love the fact that that you, as you said, you're you're in Indy and you can walk everywhere. And as far as the the players and the, and the teams are concerned, you know that you've got the stadium, you've got the convention center. It's all connected and and it's just it it works really well it seems to flow really well but but you and i both know that that money talks and and if they can monetize this somehow the the nfl will certainly figure out a way to do it
2: oh absolutely that's why they moved the uh the workouts of the evening of
1: course and it's why they moved the draft all around now so uh it is what it is. It's the nature of the beast, and you know we'll we'll take advantage of Indy as as long as they'll they'll leave it there. You know I, I I I hate the fact that you know if they if they were to move it now just when we're actually starting to figure it out, especially since we just figured out where the best stakes are at Indy. <laughs> you know. There you go. But you didn't take me to Prime, man. Come on. You you had neck pain, so we had, we wanted to leave you be. You know? Well. <laughs> yeah, well, that 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 is that is true, actually. That is true. So, you know, so I I was I was playing I was playing hurt all week, but uh, you know, b- but I managed. So I I I toughed it out. So I, I I get points for that.
2: Absolutely, you did come out and and tough it out the first night, and when you were hurting the worst, you came out that night and and had a good meal. So and we had phenomenal dessert. I wish we would have able been able to finish the whole thing. Um, but that was some great bread pudding that we had yeah you,
1: you you learned one of my golden rules of going out to dinner em you know whether whether i'm whether I'm still hungry or not, if somebody at my table orders dessert, they do not eat dessert alone.
2: <laughs> that was good information because i'm always the, I'm the dessert king there I'm you go there fun, you go room in my stomach. There you go. It's always
1: a decision, and and that's that's one I'm glad we made. Even though uh, neither one of us came anywhere close to finishing that thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and why don't you uh, before I let you go, why don't you remind folks uh, where they can find your work and uh, where they'll be able to uh, to find the draft guide that you mentioned a little bit earlier?
2: Well, they can find my work online at youtube.com/slash football game plan. Uh, follow me on Twitter at fballgameplan. If you're in the tri-state area, every Thursday and Friday, head over to the Game Plus Network. Uh, Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, we have our scout team TV show, which is us breaking down draft prospects and going through different interview player interviews and things of that nature. It's a really fun show. It's our version of uh, Path to the Draft. It's on Game Plus Network. And Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time is XFL game day, our XFL show Uh, where we previewed this upcoming week's action in the XFL, have cool features and things of that nature also. And both are on the Game Plus Network. Again, check with your cable provider for channel listings, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can order the draft guide, or pre-order the draft guide, which should drop March 9th, uh, which is a Monday, I believe, at footballgameplan.com slash 2020 draft guide. Again, we put a lot of work into it. Um, It's all of my scouting notes Areas of improvements, strengths, uh, player comparisons, games to the watch, attributes assigned to the players for 700. So it's not not like some draft guys where you see them give a profile on maybe the top 10 and then the rest just be listed 11 through 50 and just names. No, we have if if you're if you made our guide, you have a scouting report. So this is going to be essentially handy for you guys to follow throughout the season. Uh, to see if I'm right or if I'm wrong or if you agree or disagree or where guys' strengths and weaknesses lie. As you know, the NFL is constantly a transient business to where guys come and go from the roster. And so having this many uh, players graded and scouted and evaluated at your fingertips, it helps keep you informed on who's, in, who's coming into your team and who's leaving.
1: You know, Em, it's really too bad that you just don't have anything going on.
2: Yeah, right. right. I need to, <laughs> <find somebody>
1: to <laughs> need to find something to do. My God. All right. Em, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to, uh, to to spend with me and, uh, and let us know a little bit more about the draft and, and how you felt about the Combine. Giants fans, thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.